We are so honored that you chose to join us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. It is our desire that you will be encouraged and challenged in your walk with Jesus. Be blessed as you join us for this week's message. My name is Jess. I love leading worship here in this house. And I'm joined today by some of our elders. And so I'm going to pass the mic around. You can just briefly say your name, maybe how long you've been serving as an elder at our church, and then uh, we'll make our way around and get started from there. So I'm going to start over here with... I'm uh, Eric Reese, and I've been serving seven years, six years, seven years as an elder, and my wife... My name is Meadow. I'm Joe Hill. I've been an elder for two years, three years, something like that. They ask us, and we, uh, Ron and I were brought in at a couple of years ago, so um, just to balance out the team. So happy to be here and do that. And I'm Ron Brunk, and like Joe said, two to three years, something like that. Been in the house um, attending here for about eight years. I'm Ron's lovely wife, Jan. <laughs> You guys, you can keep that one. We'll, we'll use two microphones so really we're not having to toss around too much. So um, obviously we are not Pastor Lance. So sorry to disappoint you, but maybe this is an exciting change for some of you. Um, Pastor Lance has been under the weather this week, and so rather than pushing him and his body to be here, we're allowing him a week of rest, and he's healing up. So while he's at home healing, we're going to continue the conversation about our helper, the Holy Spirit. And so the whole point of today is kind of relax, be a family. This is kind of like what connect groups are like. That's the goal of today, is to have a casual conversation, real people. As far as I know, none of us are like Bible scholars. No. So again, sorry to disappoint you, but the encouraging thing, the encouraging thing is that we're just regular people. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit being our helper. And to some of us, that's like a really scary idea because there is a reverence attached to the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit of God, so there should be a reverence with that. But some of us have seen the Holy Spirit kind of misrepresented or even abused in some ways. He's been attached to things that perhaps weren't him, and we can be offended by those things and, and truly hurt by those things. And then some of us have heard the Holy Spirit, but in timidity haven't approached the topic, haven't really dove into what he is, or what he does, and so we're kind of on the sidelines looking in going, do I really want to mess with that? Because I can't even tell you, like, there's some times where I'm like, I'm straight up crazy. Like, this isn't real. I ate bad pizza last night. I must be crazy. But if I'm crazy, we're all crazy. So it's nice not to be alone. Thanks for joining me. So that's the point of today. We're just going to have a conversation, and really the hope is to kind of demystify the Holy Spirit, not take away who he is in all power and uncontainability, but to really talk about him as he is in all of our lives, how he is our helper, how he is in just regular people. You don't have to be the most holy of holies to walk with the Holy Spirit. In fact, he's our helper that makes us more like Christ. And he was given to us because Jesus knew that we would have trouble walking that out. And so that's the point of today. I'm going to be joined by my friends answering some questions and hopefully um, making the Holy Spirit something not so scary. Sound good? Okay, so first and foremost, I'm going to ask everybody to participate in this question, and we'll work our way around this way. What I'd like to know is, what is your church background? Like, where did you grow up in church, and how was the Holy Spirit talked about? And maybe was he properly represented or not? Okay, I guess I'll start. <laughs> so, um, I was raised in the church for far back as I can remember. My parents were part of the worship team. Um, my dad became pastor of the church. I think I was like maybe about 12. Um, and it was a, it was a Holy Spirit led church, very similar to this one. So for me, my background is that's how I was raised. That was the norm in our household, um, in our church. It was very much present in our everyday lives. Um, and just 
that's just the way it was. You know, when you start out with something at such a young age, you don't really know any different. Yeah, and I have a very similar story um, in more ways than one even. But uh, the church, we, at an early age, we attended church. And the name of our church, just to give you some background, was Praise Church. So that's what our church represented a lot of is very much like how we experience right here today and this was that you know 12 year old boy you know meeting christ and and getting water baptized and and being introduced to the holy spirit you know as a teenager so yeah and so i was exactly the opposite <laughs> so i'm the guy that those people were trying to find to get saved so <laughs> Um, at, at 25, well, okay, so as a, as, as a young lad, uh, we went to a Methodist church because everyone went to church back then. That's just what you did. We didn't talk about it. It wasn't a, a big Holy Spirit thing. It was the only church in town, too. So uh, every Sunday, everyone was in church. So uh, that just was as a young man. But when I got saved when I was 25, um, I was you know, an alcoholic. I like to do all kinds of drugs and stuff. And um, uh, once I got saved, I was introduced to the Holy Spirit. And then our family, we, and we were like, we found a church like yours that had the Holy Spirit functioning all the time. So for the next 15 years, we functioned in the Holy Spirit as a normal. And so it became a normal in my home. Uh, but after I got saved, of course. Okay, and I was, uh, I was raised in the church as well. I was raised in a Pentecostal church. It was kind of wild. Um, and either we didn't teach about the Holy Spirit or I didn't listen. But I didn't receive teaching, but we experienced it. Um, you know, there was regularly on Sundays um, a speaking, you know, out loud speaking in tongues after worship um, and interpretation. And... As a, as a young kind of teenage person, I became very suspicious and sarcastic and cynical about it because I could almost point to who was going to have the interpretation, and, and I really questioned it and doubted it, um, and, and then moved away from it. I, I walked away from the church for a number of years and came back um, in, in my 20s, and, um, and, and that experience was quite a bit different, um, and I'll share, I think I share a little bit more about that in a little bit, but, but that was my, my upbringing, and so I was really hesitant about the Holy Spirit because I felt like it was uh, the Holy Spirit kind of took people over <laughs> and and you know my, my big fear was I had two fears I think growing up one is that that uh, God would call me to be a missionary and send me to Africa <laughs> how many people right afraid to go, be going to go into Africa got to do that later on and and that the Holy Spirit was going to like take over me and I was going to stand up and 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 blab in tongues or something and so there's kind of fears but that was the early upbringing Well, my religious upbringing was totally unchurched because I lived where there were no churches, and <clears throat> my dad was a national park ranger. Um, so occasionally there would be seasonal ministers come through the, um, the parks in the summer, but there wasn't a church home. Um, at one point, my dad was called to Washington, D.C. for a training, so my brother and mom and I lived with my grandmother, and she gleefully enrolled us in a Methodist confirmation class, which frankly didn't mean too much um, to me. So it really wasn't until I married Ron and we moved to Whitefish that we found a church home, and the Holy Spirit wasn't emphasized or, or highlighted, but the pastor did believe in him. And so do you want me to go further? Jess? Well, I think I'm going to share a little bit about my background, too. Um, I grew up here in Kalispell. We, didn't, we weren't a church family. We believed in God. We're a family of ranchers, so we understood that there's somebody else who created the land that we take care of, and that's what I understood. I had a baby doll that you wind it up, and it's saying, Jesus loves me. So I knew those things. Um, we celebrated Christmas. We went to church on Easter. We were the Creaster people. Uh, my grandma was Lutheran. So it, like, there's like bits and pieces of the church trickled in, but when um, my dad got saved, I was about 12 years old, 
and we were going to um, a local Assemblies of God church. And when I was in the youth group, you know, there was this curiosity and um, an experience with what I know now was the Holy Spirit, just in worship, this, uh, this gal was leading worship, and all she was saying is, let us rejoice at the foot of the cross. We will be free and give glory to God. And my being just broke in half. I mean, like crumbled to the floor. I couldn't explain what it really was. Now today I know it was the Holy Spirit touching me, and um, a girl came up and said, do you want to receive Jesus? Still not really understanding. I said, yes, because like, what is this? You know, um, but in that youth group space um, all I knew of the Holy Spirit at that time was what I was told and it's that if you don't speak in tongues you're not saved and so there was a little bit of hesitancy and kind of a wall that went up with the church itself and I was still open to God is real I experienced something but as far as like doctrine and reading the word and like really getting engaged with church I was kind of closed off because of that that rule that frankly, I don't believe is true. Uh, so um, that was my kind of introduction to church at a very, very, very young age. And before we continue, um, you may hear some of us tell stories of gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, it was mentioned speaking in tongues with interpretation. Um, there may be some other testimonies that you hear. And if those things come up and you're like, whoa, now, write down a question like pastor lance is going to be teaching on specifically the gifts of the holy spirit and being empowered by the holy spirit um this is just kind of a precursor to that so if there's anything <clears throat> excuse me that comes up in this conversation that you kind of get a check like oh i don't know if i believe in that or i just don't know about that write down some questions explore in your bible and then come back because pastor lance is going to talk about all this stuff and um our our point here isn't just to you know talk about the spooky stuff, um, but to truly testify that the Holy Spirit's alive and active in regular individuals. And so, um, Jan, you said that you had something you wanted to elaborate on. You guys moved um, to Whitefish. You had a church that you found, and that's where you really started to discover the Holy Spirit. So you can expand on that. So our church was, I'd say, definitely a Bible-believing church and uh, strong on the Word. And being in the Word, I um, read that there were benefits of speaking in tongues. So, and it was um, praying in the Spirit. That's how I heard it. And I wanted that benefit. So I approached our pastor, and he and his wife offered to come to our home and pray for me. And it wasn't referred to as being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but that's that's in fact what it was. It was gentle, natural, and um, I can't say right off that I spoke or prayed in the Spirit. It took a while, but it has become part of a real vital part of my life. But it was so natural, and it was so gentle that it was and not scary and not scary not scary <laughs> yeah yours was totally different so we'll go ahead and just hear yours well as a teenager it was a it was a church-wide camp meeting and so it's summertime and uh david you're gonna like this uh bishop morris came to town with a big robe and he was a bishop not in a catholic way but in a david halliburton way <laughs> and uh so very flamboyant and, you know, <laughs> baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, yeah, and I was, this was my big fear. Maybe some of you can relate to this. I was afraid I was going to do it wrong. So, yeah, no, you can't do it wrong. And I need to really reach out to my mom, uh, who I hope is listening online, because she really walked me through that and how, you know, it's not, you know, it's your own voice. It's your own experience. And do it the way you do it. And uh, so it was, you know, it was a loud meeting and everybody was, you know, praising and the Holy Spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit was moving. It was real. It was not, you know, a fabrication. It was, it was a real experience. But you got to remember, this is in the late 70s. So I just aged, dated myself there. But uh, so it was very flamboyant and very alive and, and uh, yeah. 
Thank you. And so I think even just hearing those two sides of the conversation here can expose to why some of us may be a little freaked out, right? Like, because some of this is really hard to explain per se. And and again, the Holy Spirit has been underrepresented and misrepresented um, on the same on the same sense. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. Um, just really quick, Ron, would you answer these two questions for folks who haven't been here for the last two weeks? Who is the Holy Spirit and who has access to the Holy Spirit? Wow, that, that wasn't on my cheat sheet. It, I didn't it wasn't. This is new. <laughs> hot seat. So, so the Holy Spirit is, you know, it's, it's part of the, the, the Trinity of God. It, you know, God is a, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's a, it, he's a being. He's not a thing. He's a person. Um, and, and Jesus said, you know, the, he was leaving. Jesus was leaving there so the Holy Spirit could come and be in each one of us. And, and you know that's you, you can read it in your Bible. It's in the book, you know. And so, it's it's who he sent to be in each one of us to comfort us, to counsel us, guide us. Yeah. So he's a, such a such an important part of God's presence in us. So that's that's who who he is. And what was the other part of that? Uh, who has access to oh, the Holy so who, Spirit? You know, all of us. It's it's to each one of us. It's it's for each one of us to to have that presence of God in us, guiding us. And you can think of it as God spoke to you, or Jesus said this. But it's really, it's his it's his spirit in us that's 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 who's speaking to us and giving us the the direction and the guidance for our steps each day. Yeah, and Joe, we were talking earlier, and you described that the Holy Spirit is you know, the gift that once you sign, once you sign on, once you accept Christ into your life, your name's in the book, you sign the check, we're done. Holy Spirit's in you. That was a promise from Jesus that his Holy Spirit would live in each and every one who proclaims him as Christ and serves him as our Lord and Savior. And so what I love that you said is you kind of tapped into Ron that the Holy Spirit's a helper. He's a counsel. He's our peace. He's, um, we've learned last week, he's our truth teller. He highlights truth in us. And um, one of the biggest things that we as believers need to tap into is the Holy Spirit as our helper. And some, if I were to break it down into categories, he helps us to know God. He helps us to become more like Christ. And he helps us to serve as Christ, his hands and feet. And so kind of going down that list, I'll start with, he helps us to know God. He, it says that by his spirit, we are drawn to himself. It's through his Holy Spirit that he reveals himself to us. You, you may not know without the Holy Spirit working in your life that Jesus Christ, in fact, is Lord perhaps, you know, and some of that is through his word and the gospel message. Um, Joe, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. Um, you shared a little bit about your testimony and, you know, coming off of drugs and all the things. Can you maybe reach back into your mind's eye and tell what was it like when you heard the account of Christ and the gospel and what it means to you? So me and my wife were really struggling uh, because of my problems. Uh, but <clears throat> she talked me into going and seeing our pastor uh, that married us. That's the only time we always ever in church as an adult. And it was like Tuesday, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll check the box. So I went down there, and, and, and I said, hey, I, I just need to quit drinking. I just, that's all I need to do. I don't need all this stuff. I don't need all the all this stuff. I don't need all this. And he goes, well, I can introduce you to the guy that can help you. And I'm like, great, let's go. Well, you know, I'm thinking we're going to get in my truck and go somewhere. <laughs> and he's like, no, Jesus, he's here. I'm like, well, I just see the two of us because he met me in church, not in church. It was just met me because I had a need. Uh, so I went through the sinner's prayer and I was like, okay, check the box, went home, everything was the same. So the next week, I'm, I'm, uh, up with my brother, we're, we're drinking um, casually, uh, smoking a joint. I, by the way, I didn't indulge much in that, just a little, but, but I was doing that, and, uh, and my brother went outside, and suddenly my, I started uh, almost convulsing, shaking uncontrollably. Uh, all of my drinks spilled out. Uh, this, my fingers curled up in my hands. I'm in my uh, just my fingers curled up, and and, um, and I stopped all at once. I was hyperventilating, and I heard the Holy Spirit for the first time say, "If this is the way it will be, then this is the way it will be." And I was like, "Oops! I know exactly what that means." 
Um, so at, at that point, I said, oh my goodness, what happened last Tuesday? This stuff is real? Wow. So that kind of began the journey. That was my first time that I actually heard the Holy Spirit speak to me about my problems. So, um. Dang. Okay, so my next question I'm going to direct to this side of the room, and I'll give both of you a chance to answer. Because I think, again, I said it earlier, how do we know this is the Holy Spirit and not just something we ate? How do we know that it was the Holy Spirit? Because some people are a little more pragmatic. I'm a creative, I'm very emotional, feely, and like, it's really easy for me to be like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's real. I could feel all the things and look at the sunset and listen to that music and like, that's easy for me. And so to get this creative, emotional sense even, I'm, I'm drawn to that. It's easy. But for people who are more pragmatic, they might hear a story like his and say, oh, that was just signs of a stroke. How do you know that that was the Holy Spirit? And so how do we know it's the Holy Spirit and not bad pizza or uh, consumables? <laughs> well, first of all, why does pizza always get the bad rap? I mean, as a pizza lover, can pizza ever be bad? I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we gotta we gotta realize first we gotta think of it this way is the, the Holy Spirit is a person, and so think about the first time you got to know somebody. Say they called you on the phone. Did you really recognize their voice when you first answered it? Did you have to stop and think about it a little bit? But over time, you started talking with them more, and you got to know the voice better. So think of it as a relationship, and that's why it's so key that you read your Bible, especially if it's a new believer trying to get to know the God, starting off with the New Testament. Forget the notebook. Let's read your Bible and get to know him. It's almost like a love letter, a relationship letter, getting to know his heart, getting to know how he sees things. And then you go and you can, and then you can see the Holy, you can see God in the Old Testament when you go back and read the Old Testament after you get an understanding of his heart and suddenly things start, they start making more sense and you see the analogies and, and, and you build that relationship and to the point where you start recognize his voice you know how the holy spirit will speak into a situation you know he's not going to he's not going to bring fear to you so you know that that's not from the holy spirit you know you could be hearing your own spirit you could be hearing evil spirits but you will need to focus in on what the voice of the holy spirit sounds like yeah and for me i think i i mentioned this a little bit um it's just a sense of peace you know, and like Eric said, when you know that voice yeah. of the Holy Spirit, it just brings, it brings peace and um, a, a sense of settlement. Um, and one thing, too, as far as like a little bit along the lines of that discernment is when you, when you know somebody and you know their character so well, when you hear somebody else say something about them that may be in rumor or something, and you can be like, no, I don't think so. I know that person. That is not something that they would say or do. Um, in the same way that when we know our Father and we know the Holy Spirit, we, we can recognize when, when we're sensing a, a fear or a doubt or shame or something along those lines, that's not how my Father speaks to me. You know, I know him and I know that that's not his voice. Yeah, and then just to add to that, when we're f first getting started, uh, especially if you, you feel like God's going to move you in the prophetic, you, you want to be looking for confirmation. Uh, even, even after years of a feeling like I've toned, honed in on, on revelation from the Holy Spirit, I still will ask for confirmation. Uh, and we'll even sometimes, uh, uh, especially when it's here in, in the body, uh, I'll go to another prophetic person like Greg, and I'll and I'll even ask him, you know, are, are you hearing stuff like this? And when it regards to you know what God's doing at that time, and and so, but in your own personal life, you can ask for confirmation. Uh, I've had uh, I feel like God's given me prophetic things during worship, and I'll ask for confirmation. And somebody on the stage, like oftentimes Janelle will say something. Like last last uh, July, I really felt like, you know, that we were as a church really moving into a time of revival and that it would be as strong as it has ever been in the past. And then right after that, uh, Janelle, I appreciated this. She she said, it's time to dance again. 
And I was like, yes, we have, you know, we're moving as a church back into a time of, that, of revival. So confirmation, looking for an additional a word to support what you think God is telling you. Really, really great. So going back to, I love that confirmation. Um, we're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit working in the church and discipleship and what um, the benefits of being part of a body of Christ. But I want to go back into knowing the Father's voice. Um, in the word, Jesus is referred to as a shepherd. We're referred to as a sheep. And, and he says that my sheep know my voice. And so even in this time of praying fasting, I myself, like, I feel like I know God's voice. But then there's can I know him better? Can I know him without a doubt? And I want to press in a little deeper and I want to know more aspects of who he is and what he sounds like so I can pivot without a doubt if I'm ever leaning the wrong direction or trying to make a decision. Um, but going back to, again, our salvation, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to help convict us. And some of us don't like conviction. I personally have a ongoing um, critic in my head that is constant and it is harsh and so my expectations are really high for myself and something I've really had to learn is that voice is not God's voice and he will correct me on areas that need to be changed so I can become more like him but this ongoing nagging like you're never good enough no you failed there I know it was just one little thing but it's not perfect that's not God. And so let's talk and lean into more about conviction of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I would like somebody, it could be anybody, to share how have you experienced conviction strictly through reading the Word of God? And do you have a testimony of that? I do. Perfect. <laughs> so um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says that the Word of God is inspired and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. And about last January, um, an eye appointment showed that I had a precancerous lesion on my eye. So, of course, I was in prayer about that um, frequently. And about in June, in reading through Matthew, I came across Matthew 7. May I take a minute and just yeah, please share do. that so that this makes sense to everybody? Oh, look, God is good. Do not judge lest you be judged yourself. And what I heard was, Jan, do not judge lest you be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it shall be measured to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. It was an ouch, David. And so I suddenly realized that an attitude of judgment and criticalness in me was displeasing to somebody I loved. Had I read this before? Oh, yes. But this time, what I heard was, the doctor said I had a lesion in my eye. Jesus said it was a log, and God called me a hypocrite. And so I was deeply convicted, and I confessed that. I repented, and then here's how, how the Holy Spirit blesses us. So every time I felt a critical spirit, a judgmental thought, or something come out of my mouth, I would quickly repent, and I would nail it to the cross. I would imagine me taking that thought or feeling and nailing it to the cross. And I have to tell you that I don't have very many more judgmental thoughts or critical thoughts because the Holy Spirit's within me working to will and to work for his good pleasure. Yeah, and that's the so goal. there you go. He's always teaching us, always leading us. Can we give God a hand for how he's used that in your life? 
Thank you for sharing and for your vulnerability. Um, I love that this, this testimony is kind of twofold. It's the word, but it's also something physical that you were going through. And I think God speaks to us in different ways and uses different mediums. Sometimes it's a, you know, formulaic way, but sometimes it's really unique to us. And, you know, I shared earlier, I'm very artistic. I love music. I'm a lyrics person. I love song lyrics as a songwriter. I like one song in particular, he's writing the song and what it sounds like is these two people who are just madly in love, but then you find out he wrote it about cigarettes. That's really cool. I think like the artistic ability to like dive into a lyric like that is really cool. So I'm a lyrics person and I had a similar kind of experience. Um, my critic in my head makes me in turn a very critical person if I let it play out. Um, you know, you kind of become what you are succumbed to and kind of like the idea of like the abused can become the abuser. I was experiencing that of my harsh critics, I can never measure up and I was taking the same formula and placing it on other people and um, being a newly married person, um, Joe and I have been married for three years now, um, but the early years of our three-year dating and earlier marriage, I was the harsh critic in our marriage, in our home and the way that God convicted me was through a song. I used to play keys for, um, some of you may know Luke Dowler, and I used to play keys with him, and we, he has a song called Good Enough, and I just loved playing it, and one night, you know, it, we had a thing, and it was just like, Jess, why are you beating, why are you beating him down so much? I think somebody, one of my girlfriends probably pulled me aside and was like, girl, you need to get it together, because Joe's a good man, and you are sour, and they were right. They, Joe is a very good man, and I was wrong. And so I'm at this gig playing this song and the song good enough is from a man's perspective to his lady saying like, you know, I'm going to jump as high as you say, I will do anything for you. But when will I ever be good enough? Why don't you just let me leave? And I died inside. I mean, like we're playing a live show and I usually just like rock out. No, Holy Spirit was like, are you listening are you listening? This is a position that you're putting the man that you vowed to love forever in. This is not okay. Thank God. Cause like, I mean, he would testify. I think I'm doing better. <laughs> I mean, we're still married. And I think even, even like through 2020 people, people said like being home now, like the home is a more like precarious place because couples who weren't spending as much time together are now spending time together. Well, I didn't work the last two years. Joe works from home and I would say our marriage is stronger than ever. And I'm really thankful to God for that because if I had kept in my critical ways and I was home all the time and he was home all the time and none of us were escaping, it'd be a mess. But thank God that I know and recognize his voice and that he speaks to me in such a specific way that I would pay attention to that too. I'm going to open the floor. Does anybody else have a story they want to share about how God personally has connected with you, whether it's through the word or through passions of yours or even people? Well, to just stay on the conviction theme. Uh, so I got saved when I was 12, uh, water baptized when I was 14, uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 16. I was on the two-year plan. So, but by, so by the time I went away to college, you know, I was ready to sow my royal oats, shall we say. And uh, so I, I did, I still knew, I didn't reject God, but I wasn't, I wasn't chasing after God anymore at that point. I was exploring the world, shall we say. And so graduation comes and it was real common thing in our church to have a uh, uh, prophetic time at, at graduation where the prophets would come and pray over you at graduation and kind of send you on your way and so I was like and and I I've been through one of these before so I was like this is cool you know it, it can be like you know going to the candy store or, you know what God's got plans for you and for opening prophet comes right out out of the gate and starts walking around me and 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 says uh you know, and the Lord went into the garden and, and walked around the garden and said, Adam, where art thou? And the Lord says to you today, Eric, where art thou? And uh, so it was, it was like, oh, <laughs> conviction. And so, um, yeah, there was, it was an eye-opening experience. It wasn't condemnation. It was a, it was a, it was a very uh, 
a properly delivered word, uh, but it did convict me, and it realized that, okay, we're off track here. We need to get back to uh, the God plan. And So now I want to talk about, you know, we've, we've discussed conviction of the Holy Spirit, but in listening to the Holy Spirit and discerning the Holy Spirit, I want to hear a little bit about how discipleship has helped you um, to explore who the Holy Spirit is and even learn to hear his voice better. Because I think some of us would say, you know, the Holy Spirit has coached us one-on-one. I think you've shared that with me, or maybe it was somebody else. Nope. Jan did. Yeah, the first time you invited the Holy Spirit in and you were experiencing the Holy Spirit, it was very one-on-one. But one of the gifts of being part of the church body is discipleship and finding spiritual mentors. And and I just want to say, welcome to your elders. Join a connect group. There's plenty of opportunities to receive discipleship, to receive mentorship. I know that every person that joins me on this stage here would love to be available to you if you're having questions or want somebody to walk through life with you. But also joining a connect group, have these conversations, get to know the people who have gone before for you in an intimacy with um, the Holy Spirit, but I digress. Discipleship, how has that impacted your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Has there been a mentor that's really coached you into understanding his voice and who he is? Um, well, so I, I shared you know, my, my original experience with the Holy Spirit through kind of a, a Pentecostal church and kind of um, I questioned it a lot. I walked away from the church for a while. When we came back to when I came back to the Lord, because I wandered away, came back to the Lord, we, we were in a, a church then, and um, at a, after a period of time in this church, being introduced to the Holy Spirit again, talked about, taught about, um, we, we had the opportunity to then meet, and this will sound like a connect group commercial, but, and it is, but we, we, were in, we, we started meeting in small groups, small, you know, just small get-togethers. And, and I want to encourage you, because that's the place where um, where I was taught that we could experiment, you know, because, you know, there's times where I really know that, 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 that that's a thought I have in a prayer time. I know it's the Holy Spirit. And then there's times that I don't know. Is, is this, it's, this is so, such a weird thought, or it's a verse that's come to me that I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit or not. So there's a stepping out of faith, because that's what this whole thing is that's on faith. And so um, in small groups, that's where we were kind of discipled in these small groups. Is, there's the opportunity to, to step out and take a risk. Say, I don't know if this is, you know, it's not a thus saith the Lord, but I think, you know, this is the thought I have, and you share it with somebody, and you do it out of faith, and, and then you, that's when you start to experience, like Eric said, you start to hear God's voice, and you start to recognize it because you, you practice it. And so I really want to encourage all of you, get into small groups, uh, you know, connect groups, or meet with people one-on-one, and practice that. Um, it says, I don't know where, but to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, which I sometimes mix up. I'm quick to speak and slow to listen and quick to become angry. But if we're quick to listen, that's, that's you know, it's being still and listening to what yeah. he might say. And so that's where I really was discipled and grew, I think, was in those small group settings. Yeah, my, my um, experience is kind of similar after college is really when I truly committed my life to Christ, like really met God. And I was plugged into a church after much, uh, do you ever look back at life and it's like, how God got me here is a miracle. Like that's where I was, was like, this is a miracle that I've been through this and this and this and this, and I can see his hand here. And oh, that voice was the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I did listen to him in, in the past and now I'm here in the future. Now I get to know him and really abide in him and, and live with him. Um, discipleship was kind of the same for me. I found, I was living in, um, Ontario, Oregon, Fruitland, Idaho. It's like 50 miles North of Boise at the time and found a very small church, but very, this house reminds me so much of that place. Like even all you that are with me, um, you just remind me so much of my spiritual mothers and fathers and just a family that I have back in Idaho. But they were just a small gathering, 80 people maybe, but really leaned into the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. And they are the ones who taught me what it means to worship Jesus, to know Jesus, and to be led by the Holy Spirit in worship and to minister to his people through worship. But it wasn't 
like without them, I don't know that I would know how to even steward that when I'm holding a microphone, you know, like we've spoken about, like Janelle does so beautifully and, um, and we're invited to as worshipers here in this house to, to trust the Holy Spirit and lean into what God's doing. But without that discipleship, I would not even know where, where to begin. And uh, one of the, I just want to share a quick story because this blows my mind. One of the um, spiritual grandfathers I had, his name was Ellis. And he was far beyond me in years. And I respected him because he knew God. I mean, there was just like something about him where you just look and it's like, I don't know if I can see glory, but if I could, it was on him. Because he was like that close. He spent many years, many moments with Jesus. And he invited me to do two things. One Sunday, he came up to me and he says, hey, after church, we're going for a uh, scavenger hunt. And some of you might hear that and be like, oh, youth group, that was the worst. But I was like, I don't know what this is, but let's do it. And he said, okay, so we gathered about four people and it was just small group people. We're gonna sit, we're gonna pray, we're gonna ask God, where do you want us to go? Who do you want us to see? You know, and just anything that comes to mind, write it down. And even if it's weird, write it down. And so we were given this opportunity to practice listening and asking God. And there was one, one specific day, this girl wrote down like a symbol. She drew a picture of a sun and it had a spiral in the center of it. It was very specific. And then I just had like a red t-shirt and somebody else said, man, I just sense that there's somebody dealing with back pain. And it's like, all right, we're just going to take this and see what happens. And so Ellis let us out the door and we just walked the town. And, you know, until you see something that like kind of like, oh, maybe that has something. So we were walking down the street and we look up and down the way there's a coffee shop. And on the coffee shop is this spiral sun. And it's like, you can call that coincidence for now, but let's continue. So we go to the coffee shop and it's like, well, maybe we can find somebody in here that needs, maybe God will lead us to pray for them or encourage them. And so we pull in through the drive-thru, we're on our feet, but we walk in through the drive-thru and we get to the front and lo and behold, the barista is wearing a red t-shirt. And I was like, what do we do with this? And so Ellis walks forward and starts talking to her. We decide to order coffees, you know, to bless her. We left her an extra tip because who knows if this is the girl we're looking for. And in our conversation with her, we asked her, you know, how are you doing? Is there anything we can uh, pray about? And she goes, well, actually, my mom's in the hospital. She broke her back. And I was like, that is not a coincidence. You can't like that confirmation as you were saying, it's this and this and this. And we were just sent there for such an appointed time to encourage this young lady that God sees you. God knew you needed encouragement today and we're here to give you that. And um, if I wasn't given that space, as you said, to explore like, can I hear the Holy Spirit? I would have missed out. And I wouldn't have trusted myself for with other opportunities to truly press in to the Holy Spirit and and what he wants to do in and through me even in in this house and and every day and so yeah and just to add to that too uh, we have to remember that uh, when we're trying to listen for the Holy Spirit I've been part of those extravagant those hunts too and they're a lot of fun they're a lot of fun but we got to remember that English is not the Holy Spirit's first language uh, you know, it could be, it could be color, it could be a smell, it could be a sound, it could be a different language. Uh, there's just so many different ways the Holy Spirit speaks. It could be in 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 weather. So just keep that in mind when you're trying to hear from the Holy Spirit. Is don't think that it has to come in your native language then too. Yeah, that's really, that's really great. We're gonna hit a couple more questions. Um, Ron, I would like to you to share with us. You know, the Holy Spirit's been a part of your marriage, your life, both of your walks for a long time now. Um, and one of the things that we're speaking about is the Holy Spirit's available to everybody, us common folk who do common things. And it's not just like these prayer walks. It's not just, um, you know, ministry moments where the Holy Spirit wants to help us and abide in us and lead us, but it's in everyday things. It's in our marriages. It's in our parenting. It's, it's when we're running a business. And so I would like you to share as a business owner, how has the Holy Spirit um, helped you with how you run your business and maybe even some decisions that you've made? <clears throat> well, I, um, so Jan and I owned a, a bicycle shop for 40 years, now retired. Um, and, and, and so I just constantly prayed that God would give me wisdom in business. Uh, I prayed that, that verse in, you know, in James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, that was me, 
ask God who will give generously to all without finding fault. And I thought, well, that, that covers me. I'm, I'm in there. So I'd pray that all the time. So the, the specific uh, incident I want to share with you is we had, many years ago, we, we had a, a bike line that we were carrying. It was one of the, the top brands. And I was really connected with it. I was just thrilled to finally get this line, and we were carrying it for a number of years. And, and one year, this, this brand started, they just did a, a series of ads that were, I would say, it was mocking of God. They, they, they kind of mocked the Bible in an advertisement. They mocked once a, uh, how, how uh, a person had won a world championship or something like that. I think the, the, the line went something like, well, on the seventh day, God rested, but God didn't win a world championship. So there's just a number of really subtle ways that was, that was really disrespectful of God. And it really bothered us. And um, one evening, one night, Jan had, had a dream, and she woke up in the morning, and she shared the dream with me. And, and this dream had to do with this, this brand. And I just, I, I, this so contrary to me, but I just had such a conviction that we're supposed to drop this brand. I, I just knew it. And that kind of stunned Jan, because that's not my normal method of quickly reacting. So I, I decided, we're, we're going to do this. So I had to, of course, write up a letter and explain to the sales rep, this was in the springtime, so we had a store full of their product, why we were gonna no longer carry their brand and had a long conversation with him, which then of course led to the sales manager mm -hmm. and a conversation, which then one day in the shop, um, I just remember somebody saying like, oh, Ron, so-and-so is on the, the phone for you. Well, this guy was the president of this company. It's one of the largest bike companies in the world. So he wanted to talk to me about this. So I shared with him for a long time about why we were discontinuing to carry his brand. And uh, then uh, about a, a, a week later, um, I got a phone call from his wife, this, the owner's wife, because he'd gone home and told his wife that this wacko in Montana, this little shop, thinks we're a satanic company. And that wasn't what my purpose was, but I just said, you were not supposed to mock God. And I just felt like we were not supposed to carry them anymore. So the, it was just very interesting. We had to explain this to our staff. And, and explain why, and then all the way up the line. And so then we discontinued this, this very well-known brand, and we brought in a tiny little company that hardly anybody had ever heard of. And I, I don't know if anything ever became of it with this company or with these individuals, but I just felt like I was, we were supposed to be obedient to what he prompted us. And it was the Holy Spirit that used Jan's dream and prompted it in me to take action. And the testimony went on. And then and we had, you know, like we had our biggest year ever with this little brand that nobody ever heard of. Wow. Our business continued to go. I really feel like God honored our obedience to his spirit speaking in us. And so, and that's, that was kind of a, a big event, but it, but it happened in our business in, in many, many small ways just throughout the, the years because we really did try to include um, God in our business and have him guide us and give us wisdom in it. That's really special. You can hand the mic to Mr. Joe here. I'm going to ask you the next question. Um, again, we're talking about the Holy Spirit working in everyday people, doing everyday things all the time. And so I want to ask you, you know, you seem like not the average Joe, but a relatable Joe. <laughs> Your story is relatable. You know, it's... I feel like there's a lot of people who would connect with you. And so I want to hear, how have you experienced the Holy Spirit equipping you in ministry? Have you had any moments where um, you've been able to serve extraordinarily by the Holy Spirit working through you powerfully? Yes, I, I was um, <clears throat> about five or six years into my Christian walk. We were going to a church that did not have any uh, teaching for the children they were being babysat out back in a building. And it really bothered me. It was all about the adults. And um, <clears throat> so I asked the Lord, I said, um, this is not working for us. So show me a church that, that I can go to that, that will minister to my children and we can have a, a balanced thing when we go to church. And he said, you need to start a children's ministry. <laughs> And I was like, uh, maybe you didn't understand the question, because that's not me. Um, <clears throat> so we argued back and forth a little bit. And uh, so I went to the pastor, and I said, this is what he said. And he said, well, then you need to do it. You need to follow what the Holy Spirit said. And I'm like, okay, so where's the curriculum? What do I do? You know, I'm like, okay, I'll do this. And he said, we don't have any of it. Remember, they're being babysat out back. So he said, go find what God is asking you to do. So I did. I went out and searched all the churches for a, a children's ministry, and I came up with the uh, uh, Assemblies of God, 
Royal Rangers and Missionettes, my children, and we weren't in Assemblies of God. And so we were in a huge valley, Sacramento Valley, and there's a lot of Assemblies of God. And uh, we were the only church that had that program that was not Assemblies of God. But what happened is, is I went through, I would say, six months of training and went to islands and all got all decorated with all these, you know, you had to wear a uniform, like a military uniform. And I was in church and I had this military uniform on and everyone's like, did Joe join the service? I actually... No, he's just a ranger and a missionette now. At the, at, the end of my, at the end of my six months training, I actually went down and got a flat top. Like Sergeant Carter, you know. And had my, the hat, you know, folded out. And the, and the worship stopped worship and said, Joe, you're, you need to come up here and tell us what are you doing. <laughs> and so I went up there and I just explained, we have a children's ministry now. And it's Royal Rangers and Missionettes and who wants to be part of it? And all the children ran up on the stage and it, it literally transformed the church. We doubled in size, had to move out, build another church. It was a really great change that God wanted to put in the church and used me to do it. But the thing is, when he told me that, I remember I was a bar brawler, and that's where I came from. And this is only five years later, and so I'm building high-rises and stuff downtown. downtown and... Um, I had a really uh, low tolerance for children. I really did. I mean, it was, it was, you know, I loved my kids, but outside of that, I just, you know, I was lived really hard. Uh, and at the end of that six months training, and when we started doing Royal Rangers and Missionettes, the kids would come up to me, Commander Joe, Commander Joe. And my wife walked over to me, and I just had tears running down my face because I just loved these children and just that's all I wanted to do so God told me what to do he qualified me changed my heart and and it all worked because why because I said yes and so that that's that's what he did for me thanks Ranger Joe (laughs) I'm gonna call you that from now on okay we're gonna wrap up here um before we do can you just let me know, was this helpful? Was this encouraging? A round of applause, a yes, something. <laughs> Thank you. And again, I, I do want to encourage you, get into a group, find somebody that can teach you, that can walk with you, but most importantly, take time to be with God. And I'm, I'm going to actually let you encourage them on our way out. And then um, the band can come up. We're going to get ready to close. And if Mary Terrell wants to make her way as well. But before we pray, I just want you to kind of close this out. How would you encourage our church? Okay. <laughs> you know, I really just think in, in conversation that we've had this morning and just pressing into the Holy Spirit and learning to hear his voice, learning to recognize his voice, um, reading your Bible, this 21 days of prayer and fasting is a really a perfect opportunity for this and um, I am just so proud of our church and our pastor for taking on this subject um, as important and as vital as the Holy Spirit is within a church body so many pastors tend to shy away from it because like Jess said it can be kind of spooky or scary and so many times I mean the Holy Spirit has been referred to even as the Holy Ghost and you use the word ghost and people are like you know I'm not going there so I just encourage you with this 21 days of prayer and fasting to just press into his word and to learn his voice and to learn to recognize his voice thank you thank you all and uh, will you please give a hand to our elders as they find their seats thank you for joining us for this week's message at Hope Church If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support this ministry by going to hopechurchmt.com slash give. Also, follow us on social media at HopeChurchMT. Thanks again for watching and have a very blessed week.